Uh, good morning. It's, uh, it's a beautiful drive out, and uh, uh, Killarney is God's country, and it, it's always uh, a privilege to come and share with you. I believe this is my third chance over the last number of years, and uh, it's, it's just a real privilege, and I, I thank you for the invitation. And uh, life, life is full of choices. As soon as we get up in the morning, we have choices to make. We all made the choice to come to church today. But we have choices what to eat. Uh, in fact, it's free will that makes you and I unique in the realm of creation. We have been given the ability to choose. God created us. God created us. And he gave us free will. And I believe he created us with a void, a void that I will talk a bit about this morning. Now, one choice we didn't make, you and I didn't choose to be born. Uh, A Christian would say we were given the gift of life, but we didn't choose to be born. And when we're very young, when we're very young, uh, we don't make many choices. We count on our parents to make good choices for us. Now, I'm a new grandfather, and I have a a one-and-a-half-year-old and a a half-year-old granddaughters. And a week ago, we spent a week with our half-year-old granddaughter, and, you know, I think there were a few times where uh, she was learning to play grandpa pretty well, even at the age of six months. And uh, so even at six months, she was starting to make choices, and she was starting to learn how to play grandma and grandpa. As we grow older, we have to make more choices and we have to take on more responsibility. And uh, I would just like to share my testimony, my testimony. Um, I was blessed to grow up in a, in a very good home. And uh, we attended church regularly. And uh, I, I was well grounded in the Bible. Uh, there came a time when I left home and I went to university. And... Uh, Though I had been raised, I hadn't experienced it in my life. I still had that void in my life. And when I got to university, it was very easy to lead me astray. And uh, I'm thankful that my parents had given me a conscience. And I knew I wasn't living right. I knew I wasn't living the way my parents would want me to live. And I had that understanding. And... uh, Because of the good work of my parents, it was at a university pub where God hit me. God hit me and uh, basically said, Greg, I didn't know it was God hitting me, but Greg, you're not living the way I want you to live. And uh, at that point, I decided I was going to go on a quest. I was going to go on a quest, and I wanted to discover what the truth of this life was. And... uh, I shook up my parents, I phoned them and said, I just quit university, and I'm heading off into travels. I'm going to be heading overseas. And I, they were pretty shocked, they weren't very happy with me, but uh, I headed off, and in my mind, I was going on a quest for the truth. And it took me to Europe, it took me to Northern Africa, it took me to India. Uh, at one point in my life, you'd said, Greg, what religion are you? I would have said, well, I'm really impressed with the writings of Mahatma Gandhi. I think I'm a Hindu. Um, 
my son, when he was 21. I remember he said, Dad, I'm 21. Life is passing me by. I, I, I'm 21. I've got three years of university. Uh, you know, what were you doing when you were 21? And I stopped and I thought and I thought back and I could actually go back to the exact moment in my life when I was my son's age. I remember I looked at my son and I said, Robert, when I was your age, I was hitchhiking down to California to live in a commune. I remember my son, he sort of relaxed and he kind of thought. And then at that point he felt, well, he's not doing too bad if that's what dad was doing at that point. And that, that's, that's a little true. Uh, now, to finish the story, um, I got down there. The commune had already closed. And uh, I headed back up. And it was shortly after that, I was back in my home church, the church I had been raised in. And I went to church. I hadn't been in church in a long time. And I went to church, and I was sitting down in the pews. And a song was played. And the words of the song are, if human hearts are often tender, if human minds can pity know, if human love is touched with splendor, then how much more will God in love forgive? And I sat there and I said, that is what the world needs to hear. That is what God is. That is truth. So I traveled the world, and I came back home, and I found that the truth was in the church I had been raised in. And it was shortly after that that I, I gave my life to Jesus. I said, Lord, I want you to fill that void. I want you to forgive me. I want you to heal me. And uh, that's uh, 44 years ago, 44 years ago. And it was the best decision I've ever made. The best decision I've ever made. There was a lawyer 50 years ago who set out to prove that the story of Jesus was a myth, that Jesus was a fraud. And in his legal mind, he set out to put a case that would prove that. But the more he studied, the more he realized that, no, Jesus' life, Jesus' example, the scriptures could only be verified. And he went from being an atheist agnostic to becoming a believer. And he wrote a book. He wrote a book about his journey and his attempt to discredit Jesus, which only proved to him in his legal mind that Jesus was true. You know, there's so much in this world that doesn't make sense. Life is beautiful. Life is beautiful. Life is a gift. But we're a hurting world in many areas. There's so much beauty, but there's so much hurt in this world. Wars continue. Uh, we see people turning their back on God. We see the problems in our families. We see lives broken by addictions. We live in a world that has many, many hurting people. When Jesus lived, it was no different. It was no different. In fact, life was very brutal in the time of Jesus. Uh, there was hardship. There was poverty. There was cruelty. There were corrupt governments. Jesus lived in a world that was confused, in a world that was lost. I share a story with you. 
uh, there was a, an older lady. Uh, she went off to church one Sunday. And the theme of that Sunday was Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38, which was our call to worship. Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the whole service, the message, the whole service was geared to Acts 2.38. Uh, the lady at the end of the service headed home, parked her car in the driveway and got out of her car and she goes and opens the door of her house. And as she steps in the house, she comes face to face with a robber. And the robber stops and looks at her and the lady stops and almost instantly, instantly she points her finger at him like this, and she says, Acts 2.38. The robber just stopped. He froze. He just froze. She reaches for her cell phones, phones 911. In three minutes, the police are there. Police enter in. The man's still just standing there, frozen. And as they're cuffing the robber, the policeman says, why are you just standing here? Why didn't you run away? And the robber, with fear in his face, points at the lady and says, She's got an axe and two thirty-eights. <laughs> I, heard, I heard that story in the States, and they've got a little more liberal, you know, a little more uh, lenient gun laws there. But, uh, you know... That's an example of choices. That's an example of choices. You had a robber who was making some very poor choices. And uh, when he was caught in the act, his mind was so warped that axe was an axe and 238s was a gun. And that's where his mindset was at. He needed a void field. But we had a lady who made good choices, who went to church, who internalized scripture. And uh, she pointed at the man and gave him the solutions to his problems. He needs to repent. He needs to be baptized. He needs the Holy Spirit to fill his life. You know, we have to make choices. We have to make choices. And what is Jesus' message to us today? It's Galatians 6, verses 7 to 10. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. For God so loves the world. God loved this world that he gave us Jesus, that he sent his Son. And we soon celebrate or remember that Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for you and I, that he gave up his life and he died on a cross. Well, God just didn't leave it at that. Jesus rose from the dead. And shortly after that, he ascended to heaven. But he left his Holy Spirit with us. He left his Holy Spirit. And it's that Holy Spirit that needs to fill our lives. It's that spirit that we need in our life to fill that vacuum. 
Because then when we have his spirit and his guidance, we start to make godly choices. Before I accepted Jesus as my Lord, I was making some poor choices. And it's like compounding interest. It just keeps piling up. And that results in the problems we see in the world around us. People making poor choices. But Jesus' message is quite simple. In this life, what we give is what we get. What we give is what we get. It's in giving that we receive. Only as we learn to give to others will it be returned. Only in that we learn to love others will love come back to us. Only in forgiving can we experience the forgiveness ourselves. Uh, There was another lady, another lady going to church, a different lady, a a lady who was uh, very busy. And I'm not picking on the ladies this morning, but she was very busy. She taught Sunday school and very faithful at her church. And uh, daylight saving time, a little more rushed. She lost that hour. She was a little late for church, and she hated to be late to church. So she quickly got in her car and headed off to church. Well, wouldn't you know it, as she's driving down the road, she picks up a Sunday morning driver. He wasn't doing over 30 in a 50-kilometer zone, and sometimes it was less. And this lady, she was looking at her watch. She was getting later and later, and she was very uncomfortable. And, you know, the next thing you know, she's kind of coming right up to the rear of the car and backing off and coming up like this. You could just feel the tension. She was upset. She was maxed, tensed out. Well, the car out front was coming up to a major intersection, and it was a green light. But the car that was going 30 started to slow down to about 20. And about 10 feet from the intersection, the light turned yellow. The car stopped suddenly. It's going too slow to Well, that was it for the lady behind. She hit in the horn, and she just laid in that horn. Honk, honk, honk. And she was going like this. She was really, really upset. Well, as she's taking this temper tantrum, suddenly there's a knock on the window. And she looks up, and here's a young police officer. And he says, Madam, would you please come here? The lady steps out of her car, and she goes with the officer, and the officer puts her in his car. And... uh, Drives her a couple of blocks down to the police station, asks her to come in, and puts her in a holding room, and the lady's just shocked. About ten minutes later, the police officer comes back and says, Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, there was a big mistake. I apologize for the inconvenience. And the lady says, Why did you do that? I mean, what what mistake was there made? And the police officer looked at her and said, Ma'am, I was following you all the way down that road. And I could see that you were really upset. But I also noticed in the back of your car, you had little signs. One said, Jesus is coming. Another one said, follow me to Sunday school. And there was a beautiful little decoration around your license plate. It said, choose life. And I saw those, ma'am, and from the way you were driving, I could only assume that the car was stolen. 
So that is where the mistake was making. You know, there's a lesson here. Uh, Our choices come back to us. Our choices and our body language is our testimony to this world. What the world sees in our lives is how they will see God. And I, I share the story of Corey Ten Bloom, a young woman in a concentration camp, family decimated, living in just the most cruel conditions, uh, loved ones being killed, friends being killed, just unbelievable brutality and human suffering. And she was right in the middle of it. She was very angry. She hated the people that were doing this to her. Yet her testimony is that there was a point where God spoke to her, and she realized that she was letting them win. She was taking away the love that comes from God out of her life. And she decided, as a young girl, that she wasn't going to let these people win. She was going to lean on God, and she was going to let his love come into her life, and she was going to love the people around her, love the perpetrators of those atrocities. She would do the best she could to show God's love. And she was very successful. What impact it had on the guards and the people of that place, I don't really know. But her Faith in God, her love of God, was the most precious thing she had at that moment. And she didn't want them to take that from her. And uh, she went on after, you know, surviving the concentration camp to have a tremendous story. And and books written about her and the stories of Corey Ten Bloom. But we need to do that. We need to um, let God fill that void in our lives. We need to read the scripture. We need to come to church. We need to pray. Because that is how God fills that void. We eat to fill our stomach. We do the things I just mentioned. And God will fill that void inside of us. I know myself. After I pray, I'm a more loving and patient person. Prayer works. Prayer works. I know that when my wife and I pray together, we're a more united couple because prayer works. So I, I leave that with you. I, I encourage you that as we go through life, continue to make godly choices. Continue to encourage your children and your grandchildren to make godly choices and continue to seek out his will through the Bible and through prayer because the world needs godly people. Amen.